Well, we're going to get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. So let's just be, if you could please prepare for that. And, you know, it was amazing. This past week, we had Define Camp, which was our junior high district camp. And it was really amazing. Over 100 students from all over our district came to this place. We had tents uh, set up and all that. And it's just an amazing thing what God is doing in the lives of the next generation. Uh, Tuesday night, we, did, we, had, uh, we had them uh, here. And uh, as the camp speaker, I was so blessed this year. And I heard the Lord say, hey, challenge the junior hires to stand for me. And so we did. And what was so cool is that over 100 of them stood up to let their heart be softened by, by the Lord. And, and on Wednesday night, we, we wanted to just give them an opportunity, to, an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And can I tell you, 65 received Jesus Christ this past Wednesday. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. I mean, it's so awesome. It's so amazing. And I just want to tell you so much, thank you. Thank you so much for investing in the lives of the next generation. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing in the lives of his people and his young people. And what's so amazing is that when we give to the Lord, that's what we get to do. We get to partner with him in his, uh, in his heart to reach those far from him so that they would know his love and that they would have eternal life. And you might be visiting us for the very first time this morning. And if that's you, we ask that you don't feel obligated to give. In fact, just receive this service to help you in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're visiting us from another church, and we want to just, we want to just encourage you to continue to give wherever you attend church regularly. But if New Hope Church is where you call home, please know that what you're doing has eternal rewards because it is changing the lives of God's people. Amen. Would you bow your heads as we pray for our tithes and offerings this morning? Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we want to just thank you so much for all that you're doing, Lord, in the lives of your people. And Lord, what a joy it is to see them, their hearts and their lives be transformed by your reckless love. And Lord, we just pray right now as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we give it to you knowing that you're going to take it and multiply it so that more and more people come to receive you as their Lord and Savior, that they get to have hope that's found in you and a love that's like no other love. And Lord, I pray right now for the heart, for the heart of those who give, Lord, that, that Lord, we give it out of a cheerful heart knowing that, that everything you do is to touch someone's eternity. And Lord, we thank you so much for loving us that you allow us to be part of your plan to do exactly that. I pray, Lord, that you just remind us that what we do has eternal rewards. And so, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to continue to do, not, in, not just in the lives of the young people, but all of your people all over the world. And so we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray for all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, Pastor Sheldon is, is continuing his series, Discover New Hope, and we're going to go over some Bible basics, but we're also going to go over our core values. And one of our core values here at New Hope is that we believe in the next generation. We build them up and equip them to be the next generation of the church. And this past week at Define Camp was an awesome thing to see. In fact, take a look. <laughs> Your love was never far You made 
Right here at this time of your life, everybody's trying to tell you how to fit in. Everybody's trying to tell you how you're supposed to act or behave or what you're supposed to be into or how, how do you become cool at something or, what, or whatnot. And it's right here at this stage of your life that's crucial. But what if I told you, what if I told you that there was a better way, that there was a godlier way to find out who we're defined to be? What if I told you that God wants us to be reckless, but not in the way you might think. God wants us to be reckless in such a way that he doesn't want us to care about what the world says we have to be, but instead be young and reckless for him. Amen?
Perseverance messages is like so good. Um, teach me, it teaches me a lot of lessons and life knowing stuff. So I can, when I look at my journal, when I'm older, I'm going through struggles, I can just look at this. And all thanks to Pastor Ben. Let me tell you right now, we will never understand the fullness of God's love, but we have to understand one simple thing. If there's anything that you leave here tonight with, Junior hires, defiant campers, if there's anything you leave with from this camp, please let it be this. Your love. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what you do, because Jesus is enough. He wants you to receive him. That's why he freely gives himself. It's a love unlike any other. It's a love that's going to set us free for all of eternity. It's a love that's going to be with us whether we're in the valley or on the mountain. It's a love that is not counterfeit but genuine and real. Just as the nails in his hand and feet were. I like worship because I get, it's one of the ways I get to communicate with God and where I'm in like a zone where I'm not ashamed. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up,
can love us unconditionally and he's going to always be there for you when like, you have troubles, you have ups and downs in your life. And you can always go to him as like a little bro, or like a buddy to talk to. Yeah, what a wonderful week it was, and those are junior high students. Imagine if we came to know the Lord at that stage of life in junior high, and maybe some of us have, but life is different when you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior at an early age like that. Many of us came to know Jesus at a later part of life, and boy, couldn't we have saved many years of trauma if we came to know Jesus earlier. But that's why part of our core values, one of our core values is to continue that uh, raising up of the next generation because we live in a world where the world says this is, this is who you are. This is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to dress. This is what you're supposed to be like. And God says, no, I have greater things for you. And when we know who we are in God, it changes everything about life. That's what the series is all about. If you've been here last week, we've just started our series, Discover New Hope. And so when you came in, you're given this booklet. And in this booklet, uh, we are going to go through some things and this series that we're in, uh, Discover New Hope, is to allow us to see the heart and vision of this church, as well as to discover our new hope in Jesus. Some of you are, no, are, are new, and you have just come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and so you're trying to figure out that relationship with God. Uh, this series will help. At the same time, some of you are looking for a home church, or you're trying to find out, do I, do I, uh, want to be at this church, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for different churches, and, and so I, I want to commit. How do I become a member? Well, this is a part of membership. It's going through Discover New Hope. So we, we do a four-week series, which today is the second week, and then throughout the weeks, you get to pray and ask God, is this where I'm going to be with my family? And then we have a paper form in your bulletin that has some basic information that we can stay connected with you with, and you'll get a, a membership card, and the membership card would let you know uh, some things that uh, you'd want to commit to, as well as it, it reminds us the commitment that we've made uh, to the body of Christ and what God is doing here. And what I really enjoy about this series is that we get a snapshot picture of what this church is all about, because God puts different churches in different places for specific reasons, and he gives each individual church a, a, a DNA, as it were, or a flavor or a style, because we're going to reach all kinds of different people together. One church is not going to reach everyone. So God, just like ice cream, gives us different flavors of churches, because not everybody likes chocolate, not everyone likes vanilla, not everyone likes banana nut crunch or banana mac nut, macadamia nut, macadamia nut, vanilla crunch, macadamia nut. You may like something else. That's one of my favorites. So God does that with churches. And so what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks is the kind of like the flavor of our church and the heart and vision. Last week, we kind of ended with doing devotions and what that looks like and how we get into the Word of God and we learn and grow together. Because outside of church, where are we receiving wisdom? And outside of church, if we, only re if we only rely on Sunday mornings to grow in the Lord, then it's almost like eating one meal a week. You become weak physically. Well, so it is spiritually. If you only come to church once a week and you think that's going to help you 
or that alone is going to be what is necessary for spiritual growth, then in a short amount of time, you're going to starve your spirit. And so that's why we talked about devotions. And then today, we're going to continue on. So you can open up this booklet that you were given when you came in, and we're going to be on page five and start off with some basics of the Bible. And what we want to do is remind all of us that everything we talk about here on Sunday morning comes out of the Bible. Now, we'll use different illustrations and stories so that we can relate to what the Bible is talking about. But the Bible is where we receive all of our teaching and our belief. This is how we navigate. This is uh, the Bible, the Word of God, keeps us on a solid foundation, and it keeps us going in a direction, especially with our relationship with God. So if you think about it, the Holy Bible was written in a time, a, a time span of about 1,500 years. So it wasn't like someone sat down and said, okay, what can I write? It was a time span of 1,500 years. So if you're taking notes, you can write that in. Because the Holy Bible is written with 66 books. There are 66 books canonized together, put together in one book, compiled together, so that we can read not just history, but read His story. And because of it being 66 books, we use a reading plan to get us through the Bible. We talked about that last week. We follow a reading plan. So if you're the type of person who maybe through high school, uh, maybe even throughout your whole life, you say, boy, I only read like one or two books in my entire lifetime. Well, if you go through our reading plan, you will read the Bible in one year. In other words, you would have read 66 books in one year. And this Bible, the book of, of God, the Word of God, has over 40 different authors. So it's not just like one person read or one person wrote this. It, there were 40 different authors, and they all speak to the same context. 40 different authors in a time span of 1,500 years. You're going to need God to be that accurate if you're writing a book of this magnitude and wisdom. And so what God does is he breathes his life and inspired man to pen these words. So if you are taking notes, the Old Testament has 39 books, and the New Testament has 27 books. The Old Testament is before Jesus came, before he was born. And then the New Testament is when Jesus was born and thereafter. So you're going to have Jesus... Uh, before Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, and then after he was born. That's what this, the whole Bible is all about. And so when we read it, we read it with that context in mind, knowing that the Son of God came to set us free from our sin. And it, that's the narrative played throughout the entire Bible. It's all about Jesus and what he has done. So the Bible is inspired by God, and 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all Scripture is inspired by God. So not just one page or two or your favorite book of the Bible. It is all Scripture that is, that is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So that's what the Word of God does. In other words, there's nothing that you and I will ever go through that the Bible has not addressed and we can receive wisdom from the Word of God rather than other people or the ways of the world. God will give us wisdom. You can read about someone who had some difficulties in life that you're going through, and you can see the victory as well as the failings 
And you can see, boy, okay, that's what they failed at. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm kind of close to that, but I can see where they went wrong. And you can receive wisdom from God. That's why we do our daily devotions. We read the Bible because God always has wisdom for us. It's freely available. The question is, will I go and get it? So he gives us the Word of God. And when we say that the Word of God is inspired or all Scripture is inspired, that word inspired means the breath of God. The breath of God or God breathed. So God, God breathed life into man. When he first created man, it was out of clay and dust and dirt. And so God formed man and then the Bible says he breathed into the nostrils of man and then man became a living being. So God breathed that same breath of life into Adam, the same breath that he breathes into his word. So when we read the word of God, he gives us life. He sustains us. That's why if you're ever having a rough time, turn to God. Turn to God. It's so easy for us to numb ourselves with entertainment. And God says, hold on. You're trying to, you're trying to numb yourself. You're trying to entertain yourself. And you're trying to get better by all of these other things. But if you seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, then everything else can be added. But until then, all these things are not going to be able to sustain your life. It might give you a quick picker-upper, like, oh, I watched this cool movie or this video or I listened to this song or I went to this party or I went shopping. It made me feel good. But it only that quick dose of dopamine in our system makes us feel good for just a little while. But what God does is he changes our life because it, the word of God is inspired. And then when we go to him, he does the very same thing. He breathes life back into us. Our core values on the next page, these are areas that is like our foundation of, of who we are as a church. And we get this all from the Bible. And you have the scriptures on the right-hand side that show you where we receive our core values. But our first core value, which is what I was just talking about, are daily devotions. Daily devotions and prayer are paramount to our strengthening relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be in the Word of God. And that is a core value. That's why we talk about daily devotions all the time. It strengthens us, as well as prayer. This Wednesday, we're going to have our worship and prayer night. And we're celebrating not just the birth of our country as 4th of July, but we're celebrating who God is and who he's making us to be. We get to worship together. We get to pray together. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our president, the administrators, or uh, the president's administration. We're going to pray for our county, our city officials, uh, men and women who serve in our community, you and I as parents or children, we're just going to pray. Because sometimes we think, well, if, if the White House got it together, then everything else would work out. But when in our history has that ever happened? Never. Because it's not what happens in the White House that makes a difference in our world. It's what, it's what happens in your house and my house that makes a difference in our world. So God is calling us as believers to be the ones that permeate the world and shine our light into the world because it is Jesus that's going to change the world, not politics. As we can see, you have this side and that side and other sides and this under, over. We have all kinds of different perspectives. And God says, how about, how about we start with me? Then from there, I can work on your heart. And then from there, we can touch others' lives. And we, we can love other people. That's why we're going to be here 
uh, this Wednesday. And then our second core value is that God values all people, therefore we value all people. God values every single person. See, you don't have to wait till you become better in order to come to church or to come to God or in order for God to love you. There's nothing you and I will, that, we, that we could ever do that would make God love us any more or any less. The Bible specifically tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you may have heard that, uh, you may have heard that every now and then, but it's true. God doesn't wait for us to behave well and then save us. He doesn't say, okay, when you get your act together, because I, I think I've said that before, and many of us have said this before, when I get my act together, then I'll come to church. Or I, I cannot come to church yet because I'm still doing some things. Or, I, yeah, I don't know if I can be accepted there because, you know, I'm not good. Nobody's good. Look at the person next to you. You think they're good? They don't behave well. They're, they're, our lives aren't good. Only God is good. We have some... Oh, you guys talking to each other now. It's like, yeah, you, you no good. But we, we do some things that are not good, but God is the one that gives us a good life. And he's the one that is good. God, and you may have heard this before, that God never came to make bad people good. He came to bring dead people alive. That's what he came to do. We're dead on the inside, and so he gives us life. So you don't have to get your act together in order for God to receive you, nor do you have to get your act together to come to church. I mean, we, we, we try our very best, but God says, I will love you even though you may fail. And because of that, because God values all people, so do we. The third one is that everyone has a place to belong and serve. We always talk about different areas to serve, that everyone can serve somewhere. Everyone has at least one gift, and everyone has a place to belong and serve. Now, I, I, I have a passion, and I love drums. I love playing drums. Do I know how to play drums? Absolutely. Can I stay on, on key and on tempo? No. So I don't play drums. Why? Because I know my weaknesses. Even if I, even if I have a passion for it, I know my weakness. You would have a hard time worshiping God if I was the drummer. I'd be going, I'd be going crazy. I'd be loving it. But you and yourself, you'd be like, get this guy off. So I know what I'm, I know what I'm not gifted in. But there are some gifts that God has given to me that I will use because it's a strength of mine. So everyone has a place to belong and serve. You may have a passion for something, a, a, a strength of yours, and God is saying, that's what I want to use because I gave you that so that it can be utilized in the hopes that people find me. Because it's not a, a, a one person that is going to bring pe people to know Jesus. It's going to take a whole group of people. You know how we say that there, it takes a village to raise a child? Well, it also takes a church to raise up disciples. It's not just one person. It's all of our gifts together. It takes the body of Christ for people to say yes to God. So everyone has a place to belong and serve. Next week, we have, uh, we're going to do a, a, a ceremony during our, our service. Uh, one of our ushers, his name is John Haiduchik Nakayama. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, he's going to be in the process for chaplaincy. He serves in the military. And so next week, we're going to pray over him, and we're going to uh, uh, start the process. He's already kind of started the process, but I wanted to introduce him to you because uh, in, that, in that process, he's going to be, you know how there's a, a pastor for a church? 
now we're going to have a chaplain for the military so that our men and women who serve will have a chaplain in our community. Even right now with Puna Relief efforts, he's down there serving, he's here serving, but to have a chaplain there would be so amazing, and that would be great for our military families. So we're going to do that next week uh, because everyone has a place to belong and serve. It may not be to that capacity, but we have people behind the scenes. We have people who are serving out there in the kitchen, our nursery, outside in our parking lot, even during the week with those who prepare the place for when people come here on Sunday, our garden area, our, our baseball field. Uh, Paul Miyasaki cuts all of the grass and gets it prepared for Sundays for our uh, t-ball coach pitch, uh, all of the games, as well as when we have camps. So it takes a whole bunch of people to do what we do. And that's, that's you included. Those who volunteer, we get to serve because we all belong somewhere to serve. And the hope is that, in number four, our core value, that we present the gospel of Jesus in a, in a simple and relevant way. So that's how we present it. And you might be thinking, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to present the gospel. Well, everyone will present the gospel in the way God gifted them. For me, it happens to be like this. This is, this is how God wired me, so he's gifted me to, to present the gospel in this kind of way. That's why we present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that people can understand. Well, there are going to be some people who present the gospel in a different way. Maybe they're going to present the gospel through the cameras that, they, that we use. Maybe they're going to present the gospel through uh, serving in the fellowship hall or with our children. Everyone has a pulpit somewhere and everyone preaches some way. It may not be like this. It may be some other way. Everyone has a gift to serve, and we present the gospel in some kind of creative way. One of our uh, elders of our church, uh, Auntie Melba Kiocho, and her husband, uh, Daryl Kiocho, Uncle Daryl uh, served on our council, and he served for five years. But they put together a video. We did a video class, and so I asked them, can you just put together a video? Uh, you, you think of an area that you want to highlight and just kind of give the heart and vision of our church just in that one area. Uh, and then we wanted to show it to you this morning. So just take a look at this because everyone has a place to serve and everyone belongs somewhere. And you're going to see how people utilize their gifts in presenting the gospel. Let's watch this. It's time to open up, turn on the lights, get ready to serve. Turn on the stage lights, get our cameras ready, plug it in, all set to go. The one thing we do is make sure everyone knows their assignment. We gather, we pray for the Lord's presence to be with us. It's amazing that every person has a gift. It's not just the pastor. It's everyone working together for that one person to say yes to Jesus. From the technicians, to the coordinators, to the musicians. All of them play a part of the big picture. Every instrument is used to glorify God. Even those behind the scenes, every single person matters. Our practice time, the service before service, is the time we gather so we can do things with excellence. We walk through everything. And as service time gets closer, we debrief our practice time and get ready for service. We pray so our hearts and minds are focused on Jesus. Once we're done praying, we celebrate for what God is about to do. 
then service begins. We welcome the Lord with worship. People from all walks of life comes. Everyone coming in with different hearts and different purposes, but also with individual plans by God. We pray, we praise, and we greet one another because we're family. All those behind the scenes make sure everything runs well for service. So whether a video is being played or the word is being preached, the end goal is for that one person to say yes to Jesus. that people could understand and, and utilize their gifts in that kind of way because everyone has a place to belong and serve. So that's how we use our gifts for God. The, the other core value, which is core value number five, is that love and acts of service are the evidence of fruitful spiritual maturity. Now just think of the love and acts of service that take place every single week throughout the week, not just in the community through you as someone who loves God, but also through our church and the things that we do. And it is amazing how many things and how many people are involved in what we call church. See, church, when you understand church, church is not a place where we only receive. Church is also a place that we contribute. That's actually the difference between membership and attendance. An attender comes and attends and receives, and that's great because it helps us with our walk with God. A, a member contributes. A member is someone who says, I'm going to be a part of the family, and I'm going to utilize my gifts for God in, in whatever capacity, and God would lead you in that direction. But uh, one, of our, one, of our, uh, one of the attenders from our video class, Roger, also put together a video, and I said, Roger, pick an area that you could capture and he found an area that shows, an, that shows love and acts of service. And so we're going to take a look at this and see what Roger came up with. But you're going to see even the behind the scenes of what takes place. Let's watch this. Whether it's breakfast on Sunday morning or dinner on Wednesday night, the fellowship hall is the place for great food and fellowship. Our food service volunteers are dedicated to serving our Lord and through his love, serving his people. On Sunday mornings, make your way to the fellowship hall before or after service for a full breakfast from our kitchen or a tasty snack available at the well. All food items are carefully prepared by our dedicated volunteers. So get your food. Sit down with family and friends and enjoy your breakfast. Come early Wednesday night to enjoy dinner and fellowship with your church family from 5.15 to 6.15 before service begins. Preparation for each meal begins hours before mealtime to ensure that when you are ready for the food, the food is ready for you. Come for the food and fellowship. You'll be glad that you did. So can we thank Roger for putting that together? Roger, would you, would you be okay with coming up, Roger? I just wanted to introduce people to you. Yeah, can you come up here, Roger, real quick? 
Roger, Roger Kimsey put that together, and I, I just wanted people to have a face to go with it. And you also sing in our choir, too, so we just wanted to say thank you for doing that. Thank but Roger, you. this guy, you still play pool, right? Oh, yeah. We got to do that. But, um, Can I tell you? Yeah. Uh, I play in the BCA Sorry. Pool League in town here. Okay. And uh, our team won the championship for this last session, so I'm going to Las Vegas for the world championship team competition. Wow, well done. Yeah, yeah uh, later this month. Well done. Thank you so much, Roger. You got to teach me some, some moves. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to play billiards. Well, I can play, but probably not like that. Uh, but as you can see through, through the videos that you saw this morning, one, the first one with Camp Define was from Travis Haspey. I know he was here. I just saw your face, Travis. Where are you? Did you leave? Tra can you stand real quick, Travis? I'm not going to ask you to come up here. But Travis, how old are you? 20? 21. Okay, 21 years old. Auntie Melba is upstairs with our service, uh, running our service. So thank you, Auntie Melba. And then, of course, Roger. But you could see the differences in the different videos. And the thing I love about that is everyone has a flavor. And everyone's gifting can be used in such a way that would touch hearts. And that's why we give our gifts to God. That's why we use our gifts for God. And when we do that, then people come to find Christ. It's amazing what you and I get to do for God. That in a simple way, it's used so that people find Christ. And then one day when we get to heaven, we will all understand why God gifted us the way he did. So in whatever capacity, just get involved, serve somewhere. And then the, the seventh one is serving and honoring God is done with an excellent spirit and heart. That's what God looks for, that heart, the heart to serve him. And that excellent spirit means that we just do the very best that we can with what we have. It's not perfection, it's excellence. Excellent is doing the very best that you can with what you, uh, with what you have. And so that's why we try to do our very best to serve God in an excellent way. And then number eight, it is vital to courageously pursue healthy relationships. And that's, that's what we try to do here. Even in serving, we try our very best to have healthy relationships. Because just think of your family, if you have children. Don't they, don't they get along well? I mean, they get along well. Really, really well. That's why you're laughing. But then there are some times where they don't get along well, and that's probably why you're laughing. You're like, oh, no, I try to separate them. But in a family, you have brother and sister, and sometimes they have some disagreements or they fight about something. And it's, it's no different than the family of God. In the family of God, it's not all smooth sailing like this. You still have behind-the-scenes things happening, and I'll be open and vulnerable about that. There are things that happen where people have disagreements, but it happens in every family. And the purpose for that is to check our hearts. And when God sees that, there is, that that is happening, he's saying, okay, now what are you going to do with it? Are you going to forgive one another like how I forgave you? Are you going to build each other up, not tear each other, the other down? Are you going to be there for one another? As far as it depends on you, are you at peace with other people? See, God will allow us to go through these things to build us up, to, to show up what's in the heart. And when we come back to him, then he equips us to do better. It happens in our families. It happens in the family of God. But that doesn't mean that we don't stay family. I mean, you remember as parents, well, if your children are grown up, remember this move while you're driving and your children are misbehaving and you have to spank them? You're trying to get a hold of them. What are you doing while you're driving? Yeah, you're reaching back, trying to find any leg, something, some type of, and the kids are in the back, like dodging, pushing their brother or sister, like, get them. And so that happens in family. 
And it's, it's sometimes I, I feel like God is doing that. He's like, we, we used to, you need to. And so God is, God is trying to help us reconcile. He's trying to build us up. He's trying to pour out his love into us so that we can do the same thing with other people. Why? Because we want to have healthy relationships. So we courageously, that's why we need courage, to pursue those healthy relationships. And God will give us the strength to do so. And then number nine, reaching those far from God is done one relationship at a time. And God did that. He sent us Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came into this world, the Son of God, he connected with people. And so that's what we want to do here is we want to model after that. And so when we come here, we get, we, we're built up. We get encouraged so that we can go out into the world and then reach others for Jesus. We can connect with people one relationship at a time, one family member at a time, one coworker at a time, one relative at a time. We continue to connect with people. And therefore, as we do that, hopefully, they come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And so we do it that way through relationships. And then the last thing, and Pastor Ben alluded to this, he said, continuing to equip and build up the next generation of leaders is essential to building his kingdom. And that's why you see Camp Defined. We had our, our uh, sports camp. We're, we will also have our Camp Legacy coming up. So we... we try to invest in the next generation. We have our youth ministries here on Thursday and Friday nights. And that's a time where the, young, the younger ones can come together and learn about God. And we need, we need God in the lives of our young people. So that's why we do everything possible to help them come to find Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's the part you and I get to play. And as we do so, we're going to find that, that next generation coming to know Jesus. We don't want to miss that generation we want to make sure that they understand who he is because once you go out into the world, there's all kinds of different things that will pull you away from who you are in Christ. So that's our, those are our core values. And I want, to, I want to jump to page seven with communion, and I'll, I'll kind of end with these next two pages, and we'll go through it with it in a timely fashion. But communion, we're going to receive communion on July 15th, so that's not next Sunday but the Sunday after because people ask me about uh, communion and communion is basically the Lord's Supper, and it's found in the Gospels. We call it the synoptics, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, but also John, so, and 1 Corinthians. Paul the Apostle, who, who came to know Jesus after Jesus died and rose from the grave, Paul the Apostle also received from the Lord this thing called communion. And communion was when Jesus was with his disciples during the Passover. He broke bread with them and drank of the cup. And he reminded them and told them that this is a new covenant. This is, it's like this is a new deal. Take this deal. With this deal, I'm giving my life for you. So don't forget this. So as often as you drink of the cup and as often as you break bread, don't forget about me what I have done for you. So the Lord's Supper in number two or Christian communion is a remembrance of what Christ did for us and a celebration of what we receive as a result of his sacrifice. So it's a remembrance, but it's also a time for us to celebrate. It's a celebration. It's a time for us to celebrate what he has done for us. It's also a time, in number three, when we examine ourselves. We take some time to examine ourselves. We examine our hearts. We think things through with the Lord. We pray with him and, and we pray to him before eating the bread and drinking the cup. So the question is then, how often do we receive communion? Well, the Bible doesn't give us a specific time or schedule 
to receive communion, but it does tell us, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So communion should be often enough to renew our focus on Jesus Christ. It should be that often, without being so often that it becomes routine, because it can become a routine, and we forget about why we're receiving communion and just go through the motions. And then it's not how often that matters, but the heart attitude of those who participate when we do receive communion, that matters. So there is that, there is that learning curve when it comes to communion, which we will be receiving together on July 15th. And when we do, we're going to be reminded once again of what Jesus did for us. Isn't it true that if we're not reminded of something often, that we tend to forget? So Jesus, knowing that, says, don't forget about me. And I'm going to make sure that there's something put in place so that you can remember me, and it's called communion. Those are, those are part of, of what we do, our core values, communion, because there, there's a process in what God has taken us through so that we can become everything he's making us to be. For some of us, we know it as next steps, which is page eight. And the next steps are there so that we can have almost like a almost like a, a roadmap of where we're heading in our walk with Jesus as well as where we are in this church. That the first thing we want to know is, did I say yes to Jesus? Did I come to know him as Lord and Savior? And normally we'll pray with you and then you'll say yes to him. We will give you a free Bible at our yes table in the back and that helps you with your walk. And then we get to meet with you and, and uh, congratulate you in saying yes to Jesus. That's your first step. The next step is attending church weekly. And the reason why we do that is so that we can learn and grow together as well as be encouraged with the body of Christ. And what it also does is it puts inside of us like a discipline that is necessary in order for us to walk out this relationship with God. And then we get to decide, Lord, is, do I want to be a member? Do I want to be a member here? And with the membership, it, it really says, this is what I'm committed to. Can you still attend? Absolutely. Well, do I need to be a member here to attend? Nope, you don't need to be. You can still attend absolutely. Membership is something that you commit to, and you say, okay, this is, this is what I want to commit to. And we'll learn that in the next couple of weeks. You, you also have that form in your uh, bulletin, and then you'll get a, a, a membership card that is good for one year. And part of membership is what we're doing right now, the four weeks of Discover New Hope. And we do it on a Sunday morning so that everyone will understand the heart and vision as well as those who are visiting or looking for a home church. And th this will give you a snapshot picture of who we are. And then you can make that decision. But you go through the four weeks and then you decide, do I want to be a member? You can make that decision. And then water baptism. For those who said yes to Jesus, your next step also is water baptism. Now, all of these things may not be in any particular order. It may be you might accept Jesus and then become a member as you attend church weekly, and then later on you get baptized. However, baptism and saying yes to Jesus are the only, pretty much the only two that needs to be Jesus first. I need to say yes to Jesus before I'm baptized because baptism signifies your belief in Jesus publicly. When you said yes to Jesus, it's a private declaration. It's between you and God. But water baptism says to everyone, this is what I believe. And then we, we baptize you, and water baptism is going to be on the 29th of this month, and it's going to be at Coconut Island at 1.30. And then you can join what we call Rooted and Growing. It's like a smaller group of people that gather together, and you can learn and grow together. 
there's also a, it's like a, a video library of different conferences, uh, different teachings and trainings. Uh, some are, you know, an hour and a half long. Some of them are seven minutes long. There are different videos. I, I put it this way. This training, uh, which is called Right Now Media, Right Now Media is like the Netflix for learning and growing. So if you're a parent and you're wondering, where can I get some resources for parenting? Right Now Media will give you those resources anytime, anywhere, anyplace. Anyone can connect with Right Now Media. And all we need is your email because then with Right Now Media, it'll connect you to log into your account and you'll have your own password. And it's freely available. You just punch in your email, sign up, or sign up at our information center, and then we'll sign you up with Right Now Media and then you'll have access to tons of videos and great conferences, great speakers, and great training. That's our Rooted and Growing. And then the last thing is to join a ministry. You just jump in, find an area to serve. Some of us have to pray through some things and maybe even look at our, our schedules. But I would say join a ministry because that's where you really get connected to the body of Christ. And what changed for Heidi and I is when we joined ministry. We could, we could attend, and that was great. We met some people, and it, it helped us with our walk with God. But once we started serving, that's where we saw our growth in God skyrocket. And then we learned about doing daily devotions, and we had people praying for us. We had men and women who would surround us, love us into the kingdom of God, and continuously encourage us. But without the body of Christ, we, we wouldn't have that. But that's where serving came in. So that's my hope and prayer that you would... Uh, maybe join a ministry, okay? We're going to close our booklets, and then we're going to close in prayer. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Hopefully, this is uh, good for you, and especially if you're new today, or if you've been attending church for a little bit, maybe you've recently uh, started attending. This series is, is perfect because it'll give you a picture of the heart and vision of our church. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment as we close in prayer. What a great day we're having. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you have given to all of us. And we pray right now that as we conclude, we don't leave here the same. We leave here different. Because that's really when church begins. It's when we leave these doors. So help us to love people into your kingdom. Help us to be just like you in our community, in our family, and wherever we may go, wherever we may, we may travel, that you would be there with us in the hopes that people find you too. That's our heart's desire, Lord. And that's the mission and the vision of this church that we would be able to find people who are far from you and reach them one relationship at a time. And maybe, just maybe, they too would say yes to you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. And we all said together, amen. amen.